0: Everyone and welcome back to the Comics Deserve Better podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts and GameStop store manager Brian. As always, I am joined by the co-host with the most, Darcy,
1: and has nothing in GameStop, so that sucks.
0: Oh <laughs> right, no, neither do I. This is a dream position right now for me. Um, <laughs> So, 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 as always, uh, we're going to start this off with the news. And uh, we have a good amount of stories this week, actually. Uh, first off, Dark Horse Comics has acquired the rights to republish graphic novels from Roya Akupe's African superhero universe. Akupe is a Nigerian native who moved to the US when he was 17. Uh, he started developing the universe in comics with his own self-owned uh, publishing company, Unique Studios. Uh, in 2015, he, did, he started doing that because uh, he was shopping it around with uh, with TV studios, and they had no interest. So he decided to uh, bring it to comics. Uh, comics are based in Africa, focus on the continent's diverse Denzians and culture, as well as a line of local superheroes saving the day. Uh, in an in interview about the news, uh, Coupe said, uh, "Quote." I think that the immediate impact with Dark Horse's legacy is that you're going to have a lot more people paying attention. It's also going to shine a light on the African continent and what it has to offer when it comes to the entertainment industry, specifically comic books. So it sounds pretty good. I
1: think that sounds pretty awesome. I think Dark Horse is a good place to put it. And I think that it's a good like wraparound. I think putting it in Dark Horse will probably eventually get it on, if nowhere else, probably Netflix.
0: No, totally. Yeah, they definitely, Dark Horse can be a, a channel for that, as well as they do superhero comics, so.
1: Right, right. So. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, I think there's a market for it. I think, like, visually it sounds interesting, the way it's, like, described, the story concept sounds really cool. I I think it's a good idea and I think like that original idea of like I want it to be you know like hollywoodish um m- you know movie tv. I th- I think he can get there and I think he can get there through dark horse. Dark horse's umbrella academy, right?
0: Uh yes. Yeah, yeah the, like they
1: they've, they've got that connection with the, with Netflix. He'll he'll get there, I think.
0: I, I think so, too, definitely. And anything that promotes more diversity, you know it's it's a good thing, definitely.
1: absolutely.
0: All right. And speaking of diversity uh, in comics, um, Glad has released their list of nominees for this year's Outstanding Comic Book Award. There are only three independent books on that list, but it's uh, too important not to report. Plus, it's uh, actually great in the sense, not, not maybe for this podcast, but for comics that the big two have produced so many inclusive books lately that Absolutely. have been nominated and so the, the nominees i'll just go over them really quick uh empire uh, lords of empire emperor hulkling empire aftermath avengers that whole event during the summer by marvel um Al marriage yep yes and that was fantastic and well well done it wasn't like a spectacle or anything it was just it was great
1: it was kind uh, of a spectacle but yeah. we all wanted to see that marriage
0: yeah it's not as much of a spectacle that book marriages can be so I guess that's very true that's they they didn't
1: go on late night television and pretend a marriage was happening that didn't happen
0: exactly um and so uh good old bat and cat reference there like it mm-hmm. um the uh you know Al Ewing, Dan Slott, Chip Zdarsky, Triona Farrell, Anthony Oliveira all, bunch of people <laughs> that worked on that um next uh, far sector by nk jemisin jamal campbell darren bennett from dc i absolutely love that comic um so happy about that um guardians of the galaxy also by al ewing uh juan cabal nina Vacueva, chris sprouse Belen ortega marcio Takara, carl story uh federico blee guru fx and so on <laughs> um that's yeah, it has uh, Marvel Boy and um, Hercules, and they're both awesome in that. So, definitely perfectly
1: acceptable. Not who I'm voting for.
0: Yeah, um, Juliet takes a breath by Gabby Rivera, uh, Celia Mocoste, James Ferner and DC Hopkins from Boom. Uh, Lois Lane from uh, Greg, by Greg Rucka, Mike Perkins, Gabe Eltab, uh, Andy Tro- Andy Troy, Simon and Simon Boland, and here we go uh the magic fish by triangle Nguyen from random house graphics absolutely
1: graphics. who i want to win me too
0: definitely uh suicide squad by tom taylor bruno redondo uh wind by james tinian the fourth and michael Dialanis, if i mispronounce it, i apologize uh x factor uh by leah williams david baldion uh, you brought me The Ocean, which is the Aqualad book, um, YA book by Alex Sanchez, uh, Julia Moreau, and Darren Bennett from DC. So, yeah, great diversity there. And as you just heard, both Darcy and I have our favorite, which is We do
1: have our favorite
0: <laughs> Magic Fish. It uh, doesn't mean that those rest of those books aren't great. But Certainly. That Magic Fish is on a different level.
1: Absolutely, than, it is.
0: Yeah so you know oh,
1: congratulations to everybody else who did great work and good for them but the magic f- <laughs> yeah. it's
0: it's it's like you know to like the nba when the 90s when you know there was great nba players but they were playing against you know michael jordan so, so right. it's like it's like you guys are awesome but, but michael jordan <laughs> so all right okay so that's good stuff so <laughs> Well, not to bring this down, but less inspiring news, um, Imogen Skybound Entertainment sent out surveys to their fans to see if they were had an interest in having a Comic-Con cruise in 2022 or 2023. Uh, so it's a response to COVID, which is kind of funny because one of the COVID largest
1: kind of spread through cruises. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's the largest restricted industry right now, but maybe they don't think it will be in the future. Um not a big fan of this <laughs> for multiple reasons um one is you know like it's already sort of expensive to go to conventions and if you put it on a cruise you know you, you know for those who could only afford to go one day now they can't unless maybe they have a, a rowboat and they can go out there <laughs> <or something. laughs> <I don't know. laughs> so so you know i mean it, i i'm obviously we're all here for more inclusive Inclusivity, even i can't say the word um but i like
1: it yes
0: i'll i'll take it um Uh,
1: no i I like it it's good
0: y'all know what i'm talking Uh, about
1: it spreads diseases anyway cruises are constantly spreading diseases if we're more and more concerned with the possibility of bigger and bigger pandemic pandemics like uh and i'm sorry uh I was at PAX that year that we spread H1N1 up the I-5 corridor. Uh, yeah, no. Comic-Cons uh, Comic, comic cons are bad for spreading disease, period, when you're not trapping yourself on a cruise ship. Like, this is a bad idea. Just soup to nuts, a terrible <laughs> friggin' idea. I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah.
0: No, it- aren't like all the meals kind of like buffet style on a cruise and aren't buffets also another thing that was spreading disease yeah it was like
1: the first thing they shut down cruises and buffets
0: yeah
1: and you know to be fair to be perfectly freaking honest i went on a cruise when i was 17 it was like my aunt's gift to me when i graduated high school It was like my favorite vacation ever because I slept so well. I've never slept so well in my life as I slept on a cruise ship. It was small. It was dark. It rocks you to sleep. It's the best. All I did was sleep and eat bread from that buffet. Like constantly. I ate so much bread. It was the best. Um, It was probably, I think my aunt kind of hates me for it because she spent so much damn money. And all I did was sleep and eat bread. But you know, you do what you want to do on a vacation. That's what I wanted to do. So like there's joy to be found on a cruise if that's what you want, yeah. but um, they still spread disease and are really expensive if you only want to go a day. You're not wrong. It's a terrible idea. I hate it.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, good, good, good thinking, trying to think outside the box, but you know, maybe figure something else out. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: they're they're really popular. Like, you know, I mean, they've got them for everything. There's like, I, there was an anime one not too long ago. There's that really popular, like they do them for dating. Like old people go date. Like there was that really popular one for lesbians for like a long time. I think they still do it. Uh, there was this great story I read about it. I, I can't remember. Somebody wrote this really fantastic, wonderfully well-written article about her experience on the lesbian cruise that's so popular. And it was just, it was wonderful. It was like reading a novel and it sounds wonderful, like as a, you know, like fictional nonfiction story, but um, actually going on them right after a pandemic is stupid. It's just stupid it's a dumb idea
0: it's not that yeah it's definitely yeah you know, i mean karen and i are thinking about and eventually want to go on something you know but like yeah this this is not the time for that
1: they Oops. really got to tighten that stuff up people get digestive problems like whole half the cruises go down constantly it's a serious <laughs> issue
0: exactly so well, not not a good idea not a good idea. Editorial license. Not a good idea. All right. Well, uh, last bit of news, and I want to end on a, a happy note here with the news. Um, oh. Well, well, happy. I mean, it's a good. It's a good thing that, that what's happening here. Um, Wallstorm. Yeah. Wallstorm editor uh, Scott Dumbier or Dumbier uh, found an unpublished script of of the comic Gen Thirteen written by Alan Moore, the the legend. <laughs> With, um, so with his permission, uh, Dumbier auctioned off the script to raise money for veteran comic book inker uh, Bob Wyachek, who is currently struggling with glaucoma. So who won the, uh, won this auction? Uh, none other than Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, and, uh, you know, he is now has taken the script and instead of just kind of Storing it away and not letting anyone see it, he has now announced that he will send a copy of the script to anyone who donates any amount to uh, buy Wyatt Check's GoFundMe campaign. So
1: yeah, yeah, it's really awesome news. I mean, you know, sad because glaucoma and our health system so fucked that people can't afford to pay their medical bills without shit like this. But. um The fact that people are coming together and do this is certainly incredible. The fact that the material is not being kept, but it's being given out so that, or it's being, you know, sold for charity continuously is also really fantastic. Uh, Yeah. It it's just as a story, it's like a feel good story. It's definitely got that feel good to it. It's a bigger issue about healthcare Mm kind of sucks.
0: Yeah, it's it's sad that things like this has to happen. Yeah. Especially with somebody I mean, I'm I'm assuming your eyes are very important when you're inking comics and yeah. so you can't work, I'm assuming. No, probably so, not. So
1: Yeah, it, you know, it definitely does it's that thing that we talk about, you know, we as people in the world we as fans of comics, we as, I, I'm a freelancer, anybody who doesn't have healthcare through an employer, um it's bullshit, you know, it's really, really bullshit.
0: It absolutely is. And, you know, and even what they're offering now with, full health coverage unless you really want to spend a lot of money even like the the bare minimum health insurance coverages are just not it's
1: bullshit yeah it's it's really expensive if you're not making good money uh and oh god i they're supposed to be opening up the markets again so hopefully because i I wasn't able to afford it when it was open for like fucking six weeks last month that was ridiculous anyway let's (laughs) let's move on i'm glad they were able to get funding. You oh. know, I'm I'm glad they were able to do that because, you know, you've got something like glaucoma you need to get that taken care of. So I'm glad they were able to get money together for that. So that's fantastic. But holy shit, we need to do better.
0: Yeah, exactly. The, this is a great story, but it shouldn't have to happen this Absolutely. way. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. We well, need to do
1: we need to do better for ourselves. We need to do better for you know, people in this industry who obviously suffer from, I mean, like artists talk about it all the time. The work they do is hard on their bodies, Mm -hmm. like really, really hard on their bodies.
0: Absolutely. And the deadlines and and the
1: deadlines, what, what it does to their hands, what it does to their eyes, they need friggin' medical care. We've got to do better for them.
0: And it's just the demand of perfection that everyone Mm -hmm. everyone has on, on like essentially creatives Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's just like, you know, if even just stress levels, mm-hmm. and you know, you, yeah, you're doing something you love. You're doing, you're drawing, you're you're writing a, a story, but mm-hmm. it's just, it's you know, when when you're just like, everyone wants this certain way in the, in a certain time,
1: wants just, it a certain level, it's, wants it's it really fast,
0: not fun anymore sometimes, <laughs> and not it, fun. It's it hard on your body. So mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So yep. all right, well, let's move on. To quick hits uh darcy you want to go first or you want me to go first
1: i will go first right. um because i like you last week i broke the rules this week <laughs> uh sort of unintentionally um i was i found this uh book called uh five mondays uh volume one by alex uh, alexis siegel and mark siegel um and it looked really really cute and really really cool uh, it's a French book, uh, and I couldn't find a translation for it, um, and was kind of like super sad about it. Uh, and then I did find a translation for it, but by the time I found a translation for it, um, I it was like too late, kind of. <laughs> uh, but by that time, I had found this article about translating and about translations, um, because I had been searching the concept of translations and this article had come up called translating british and u.s american graphic novels into french a conversation with the translator uh, uh her name is and uh, it's spelled really funky so i hope i don't say this wrong uh lily uh C-10. and um it's written by Isabelle guillaume uh, from the university of bordeaux And it's this really super interesting article because you, we talk sometimes about the people who get forgotten when we have conversations about comics. Uh, Oh, we'll remember to speak about the writer, we'll remember to speak about the artist, um, but we forget the inkers, or we forget the colorist, or we forget um, the people who do the letters. Uh, And if we're, A lot of times when we're talking about foreign comics and we do read a lot of foreign comics the more and more popular that manga becomes uh, people we're forgetting uh, are the translators because translators are super super important and that kind of really really sucks (laughs) because the more and more uh, universal and the more and more global comics become and they are becoming more and more global a lot of times thanks to uh, the more and more global these movies have become comic book movies and comic book television shows have become uh, these comics that we read aren't staying in their specific language uh, they're migrating uh, and because of this migration, translators are becoming more and more important to the industry. The mangas moving around, Korean mon- manhwas moving around, webtoons are moving around, and so translators are super important. And they pretty much never get. Um, any love. A lot of times they don't, I mean, not only do they not appear on covers, uh, they might only appear in like really, really tiny spots. And so this article was super interesting. Uh, It had this, uh, you know, it was an interview for the most part, but uh, it went back. uh, uh, CTAN, she worked, she's been working as a translator since the 1970s. Um, And she talked about how back then it was kind of like the comics industry in general. Back then you could kind of just like walk up and say, hey, I want to be a translator. I know two languages. Let's do it kind of thing. And now it's much harder. Like you kind of they have programs set up for it, like you get a master's degree for it. And so getting into the professional industry as a translator is much more difficult and I found that to be like kind of an interesting discussion that was had here because, like, the article itself is mainly uh, because it is a French article, is mainly discussing like the differences between French and American translators and translations. Uh, and I have a more familiarity with like manga. So Japanese to American. And because I've been reading so long, I read a lot of informal, informal uh, translations from, I mean, I did some when I was really, really young, I tried, I was really bad at it, because my Japanese was always really crap. Uh, But I knew people who did it for themselves, and for me, and for other people for fan translations. And so there's this really big informal fan translation community, and they just don't have access. You know, it's like harder and harder to get into the business because more and more people are trying, and because there's this higher level of. Need to get into the work like, oh, you have to have like a master's degree in translation now. Like, that's really difficult, but Mm -hmm. there are more and more people actually capable of doing the work. So it's hard to get into. So I thought that was really interesting. They also talked about like how much effect they can have on a comic. Like, we think of a translator as just like, oh, they're going to translate either. know i don't think anybody's dumb enough when they're reading something to think oh they're going to just translate word to word obviously they don't do that they make some cultural changes you know with like jokes and puns and stuff but with a comic translator they do like actual visual changes to a comic they actually have an effect on what you see because she's specifically again french the French language when you're talking about like the length of a French sentence, on average like a French sentence is like 10 to 20 percent longer than an English sentence saying the same thing. So like speech bubbles need to be longer and onomatopoeias are often bigger. So when you go back to the letterer like they have to change the shape and size of speech bubbles and stuff. And so that was really interesting and you go back and think about manga and you have to change onomatopoeias because the not just because the words are different but because the alphabet because the text we use is different and so it's not really something i've put into like full thought before but it gave me a real appreciation for translators and for translation for the work they do Because I kind of, I think I've always thought of translating as a whole, like translating for books and translating for television, and translating for comics is kind of the same thing. But I think translating for comics has a much larger impact on the final work, than translating in any other medium because of the fact that it has a visual impact and it doesn't really anywhere else and I thought that was really interesting so it's a really cool article Uh, I still haven't gone to read that original comic that I meant to read uh, because I only found it after I found this article but you know it gave me a real appreciation for translators and I thought that was cool well
0: that sounds actually really really cool because I never thought about the whole spatial thing uh, in comics. I, mean, I hadn't either. it's It's obvious, but uh, yeah, well, that kind of shows that how well the job that these translators do because I think we would notice it if if it wasn't done well,
1: you know, right. And you know, like I said, like I've read a lot of fan translations and you know they don't look as clean and you know they'll make the text smaller or bigger yeah. you know it just won't fit they generally don't change the boxes but you don't notice that in a professional translation
0: no definitely not yeah because the uh, you gotta keep it similar to what what was there before but at the same time they still have to make it readable you know like they have to make sure that everyone you know no matter how good or bad their eyes are <laughs> can read this
1: Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean it was just really interesting especially because uh c10 she's been working in the industry since the 70s so she's seen so many changes and so many different kinds of comics and you know she said you know like independent comics is pretty much like the most important medium for translation because it's the easiest kind to get over and to translate it does kind of the most interesting stuff because you know you get to translate all kinds of different texts she was talking about like some translating like you know like a lot of independent comics do um hand lettering and translating and pulling that over where you're translating hand lettered comics so i I don't know it's just really cool
0: that it sounds really cool (laughs) i definitely um I definitely want to check that article out after we record this, because that sounds really cool and really in-depth.
1: I'll definitely share it. It'll be on our our Twitter.
0: Excellent. Thank you. Okay. Well, I didn't cheat this week, which was good, because I've been cheating lately, (laughs) (laughs) and so I I read a comic. (laughs) <laughs> for my co- the comic book podcast i read a comic um something is killing the children number 13 uh, by james Tinian and the fourth uh or the della Dera and and world design um so yeah uh, this is the 13th issue it's been one of my favorite series for the last few years um the, in this issue the monster hunter erica slaughter uh, continues to work with the two children who had unknowingly unleashed a monster onto their small town to attract and ultimately kill the terror that is that is the something that is killing the children in the book, the titular monster. Um, unfortunately, the secret society that Erica belongs to has also come to the town to ensure that their secret society remains a secret at any cost, and that even means wiping the town out of its existence. Um, so there's a few very moments going on at the exact same time uh one dealing with the monster and one dealing with a group of people who are supposed to be saviors but no their their secrets are more important than the lives that they're supposed to to save um the issue is ramping up for explosive end of a story arc which i think is next issue um by the looks of it there's nothing planned after issue um issue 14 so you know um this might be the end Uh, hopefully it's not but at least the end of this story um so um erica you know is literally facing off with uh demons from her past and and the members of the and one member of the town has to make a tough decision that basically will save his neighbors and the other people in the town but will probably cost him his life or his freedom at least um so so uh it's been a great ride And Erica Slaughter is like one of the best new characters In comics and has a very distinctive And maybe in the future iconic look So always Always a fantastic read
1: I cannot believe it's at 13 I'm so far behind
0: <laughs> Yeah it, it kind of snuck up Because it, it took a longer break um, After the You know uh, through the, the COVID stop Stoppage of uh, comics yeah, and and it and it took a little bit of time for it to come back, but it, they've been working kind of like on on overdrive since then, and it's crazy. <laughs> I love it, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where I'm excited that I, I get to read the end of it, but at the same time I'm gonna be sad that it's over. But the 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 series has become kind of stressful with all the the crazy things that are going on, so it'll be nice to have that stress. <laughs>
1: finished and yeah yeah have some closure
0: Uh, and then go on to something else hopefully more stressful in the future but give (laughs) give us a break for a little while you know
1: (laughs) so totally fair totally fair yeah Yeah, no i i really need to catch up with that i am so far behind but yeah no that sounds it sounds like it's getting great no but definitely stressful i i hear you
0: I, i know next time that we're allowed to have a comic-con and hopefully not on a boat um that i am going to totally wear my erica slaughter um bandana around my face which is the little monster of monster mouth <laughs> so excited about that
1: It's a good idea i guess <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> a little like nonchalant cosplaying
1: yeah know? just a tiny yeah. little bit of cosplay
0: I-, I don't think anyone wants to see me in a wife beater so i i will just wear the the <laughs> the the mask (laughs) just the mask yes all right okay so i think we're on to our main course of this week's episode which is um, a map to the sun by sloan long uh, published by first second books Um, this book i chose this book i wanted um, to bring it to the table so first i'll go over the uh, the kind of the, the, what the book is about. Um, so it's basically it's about a group of five at-risk girls in high school who joined the school's, uh, w- school's women's basketball team. It mainly focuses on Ren, who like two years ago met another character, Luna. Um, they hung out the entire summer, um, became really good friends. But unfortunately, Luna's mother died and she has to move back to Hawaii um, and has gone for, for two years. Um, so, Ren is now in 10th grade. Uh, guess who shows up in her homeroom class? Uh, Luna, who has moved back from, to Southern California. Um, so, Luna is excited that she's back, and she just figures that they can become friends again. Ren has different ideas uh, because she definitely, as you find out later in the story, has major abandonment issues with uh, loved ones. So doesn't take it as casually as Luna has. Um, So it's kind of working on the relationship. In the meantime, these five girls who only a couple maybe have experience playing a team sport or playing basketball, um, kind of come together and kind of become a, a ragtag group of of misfits uh, succeeding in a, in a sport it's more on the relationships in the sport which is great um, and that's one of the reasons why I chose the book um, it's it's not just sports 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 it's more about the people playing the sports um, and um, I read it earlier this month enjoyed it uh, the narrative style is great because it's not just like singularly focused on main characters you get kind of a, a the life of every character in the book or at least the, the five girls that are on the basketball team you you get a little snippet of what their their life is at home what their life is at school you know how they feel about themselves and each other so it's it's a pretty interesting book in my opinion what, what did you think darcy
1: i absolutely adored it i um i i kind of i'm like a super kind of fan of sports manga so i like went into it knowing it was basketball and i was like yay you know like sports comics i'm not a basketball fan IRL like that's not like my thing I know shit about basketball (laughs) I'm I'm a baseball fan and I love baseball but like any other sport I don't really care about so Mm -hmm. I didn't really go in expecting to enjoy the basketball element um but I did enjoy the basketball element I thought that was fun because I don't know like I like basketball when it's in a comic book setting that it doesn't really feel like it makes sense but it happens to be true I like I like basketball when it's in comics, but don't show it to me when it's on the actual real world. Cause I don't care.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so the basketball element, I really enjoyed. I really, really love the colors in this book, Uh, like they were really fantastically chosen and combined. They were dynamic. They were different. They were making some really uh, they uh, she I'm assuming uh, made really, really excellent choices here to put in the colors that she put together. I don't know if it was on purpose. I have no clue if it was on purpose. A lot of times during the basketball games, the girls had a uh, green skin. So they were like she hulks while they played basketball. <laughs> I don't know if that was on purpose, but it made me think they were. And I was like, awesome. They're like she hulks when they're on the court. That's fun. Um, yeah, I have no idea if that was purposefully done, but it was a connection I made in my head and I really, really enjoyed that. Um, During when Rin's sister, Viva, came in and attacked her bed, attacked, or stole, well, I get an attacked kind of work, stole from Mm -hmm. her house, um, her bedroom, that scene. And then afterwards when Rin kind of falls down, that whole scene is like one of the only scenes in the book where the lighting and the coloring was pretty much like natural like what Mm -hmm. you see in any other book and that was a fascinating choice that was made like every other panel and every other page was making really dynamic and different coloring choices but like that one page and those three panels were all almost completely natural and completely devoid of these really dynamic coloring choices again don't know how purposeful that was I'm guessing it was because it was Mm -hmm. different than anything else Uh, and I I liked it I really liked the coloring choices that were being made because it's not something you see in other things Um, as far as the rest of the story which was most of the book talk about re-traumatizing me from high school holy shit Mm -hmm. Um, it was a fantastically well done well structured day-to-day this is just what high school is like it's chaotic it's just there was the through line plot was basketball you know this up and down relationship between Ren and Luna you know our kind of chaotic relationships we go through with all of the girls whether or not they like each other and don't like each other um and it's not there wasn't a specific thing that we're trying to do and that might not appeal to some people who need a really strict plot but it felt very genuine and very real all of the character development was painful as fuck Mm-hmm. like if there is, I I don't know where I heard this before, but there's like this thing where the more you love something kind of the more painful it is. And this very much had a, I dear Jesus, it hurts so bad. So it has to be something that you love, right? Mm-hmm. It was a painful read in a lot of places because you know, even if you don't go through these specific experiences as a teenager, even if you've never gone through these very specific things, I think you probably know someone who did or know somebody who knew somebody who did. Uh, If you yourself did not have a friend or a cousin or a sibling who broke into your house for money, for drugs, uh, you know somebody who did. Like we have a drug epidemic in this country you know somebody who who did this who went through this this is a painful experience that most of us can relate to Mm -hmm. very closely I think everybody who went to high school had the pervert teacher Mm -hmm. if you didn't directly see somebody (laughs) go through this experience you're somewhat familiar with the possibility that it could have happened right like if you weren't the one it happened to or your friend it was wasn't the one it happened to you kind of know someone it happened to it's familiar so it wasn't like a lot of high school manga where it's tropey and happy and whatever which I love don't get me wrong I adore it um but it was incredibly relatable and incredibly familiar and in that way, incredibly painful. Right. Mm -hmm. I just, I adored every second of it. I don't think there was any storyline, any plot line I didn't enjoy. I don't think there was any character I didn't like. I mean, there are characters I didn't like because you weren't supposed to like them probably. (laughs) Um, But again kind of top to bottom I, I really enjoyed it I don't really think I have any criticism of it
0: no I I really agree I I have something very frivolous and it's more me to uh, of a critique you know I'll get to, to that in just a second here but it's not even I mean it's very nominal it's extremely nominal and probably very 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 subjective <laughs> totally um, fair Oh yeah. But um so yeah, first of all the colors. Um absolutely that's like the first thing I wrote in my notes is just I I love so color correcting has become a thing in movies, especially well, maybe not as much now, but it, there was about a good 10 years in the 2000s and the early 2010s where every movie was color corrected to certain colors and I haven't seen that much in different mediums and mm-hmm. The, it works for, for this comic. Um, it, uh, the, the colors are, are very expressive to the moods that are being displayed on the page. Um, there's really, like, like Darcy said, there's really no natural colors. Um, it's more just like, it's more like a, a, like a nuance to the feelings that are going on essentially. Um, like in, for example, like in the beginning of the comic, a lot of the colors are more like sunrise colors
1: Um, Mm -hmm. and
0: and then it kind of you know gets darker and then yeah so it's almost like a you know the the name of the book is a map to the sun and it's almost like it's using the idea of like the cycle of of a day you know as as part of like the cycle of the story Mm -hmm. um and um as as for the characters yeah the the five girls um Ren's dad um and the teacher I am forgetting her name right now. the The one who becomes the coach. Um, the they um, obviously all have flaws, and um, Long does a great job of of showing that they have flaws and they're not perfect people, but doing it in a way that it's more relatable than infuriating you know like you know like i hate this person because they suck no it's they suck but i still love them because i i know who they are you know
1: absolutely
0: um the um i the things that when it comes to high school that totally related to me um ren so ren's sister being the reason why there's a group of, of other girls in in the high school that basically want to beat her up and in like, and have, you know, you know, have, have problems with her because of not because of her, but because of things that her sister did. Um, Personally, I went through that in high school. My sister was two years older than me and she had a certain click and certain way she went through high school um, without really a regard i mean she's not you know a teenager so she doesn't have really regard of of like anyone else at that time and teenagers are selfish exactly so her actions had repercussions on me that she didn't probably realize that they would and they weren't good repercussions and so having that having that stigma of an older sibling that kind of causes problems that you can't control as well as um i suffer from uh, body dysmorphia and so Nell's issues, you know, like the fact that that she sees herself as disgusting because she's bigger than, you know, her friends and other people in the school, as well as, you know, thinks that all boys won't like her because of that. And it's like that really hit hard on me, too, you know, because, you know, I kind of went through that period of my life really hating myself for something that i essentially couldn't control and also in my head was a lot worse than what it was in real life you know like i look at pictures of myself in high school and i'm like i was skinny i was really thin like why the hell did i think i was fat (laughs) and that's other other reasons other,
1: other people in high school are also really cruel
0: yeah exactly and so you know, so those two things definitely hit the most for me. Um, I would have to say these are, like, the most real people I've read in a long time as well.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah. They're, like I said, like they're not flawed. I mean, they are very flawed, rather. and But they're also endearing, you know? Mm. So I definitely saw a lot in that um i also noticed you know when it comes to school like during class once in the in, in, you know in the story it's all yeah. about everything else going on um also um every girl has an issue at home um you know and it's a different type of issue you know like mm-hmm. some are basically latchkey kids Um, I know like Nell has to work you know like at her family store instead of going to school sometimes and you know just there's there's situations for everybody so you know like it's one of those things like you'll probably find someone you can relate to in this book because it it kind of runs the gamut of problems and, and things that that happen happens to a lot of kids
1: what was your petty thing
0: okay well it's so My only petty thing I have was I sometimes had trouble telling which character was which because of the coloring, you know, like, um, because sometimes, you know, like, just the coloring would also kind of change the style of how they were drawn, at least in my head it did, so I had difficulty sometimes noticing like the first time i read the book i had difficulty noticing who was who and who was saying what um but then the second time i knew the voices better and the voices are definitely different for every character so it was easier for me the second time around but the first time i had to kind of reread something a couple times to figure out who who was saying what
1: I didn't have that problem see, because uh, their hair was all different.
0: Yeah, that that is that is true. I think I it was kind of a superficial thing. Well, it was mostly because when they were playing basketball, and their hair was all their hair was kind of tied back, it was when I had the issue. You know, like
1: Yeah, I, I could probably see that a little bit better. I I found myself thinking quite frequently because I thought the coloring was kind of clever in that way mm-hmm. uh, because, like, their skin color didn't like. They were just like she was just kind of like erasing that kind of difference and saying like, focus on the character almost. Yeah. Um, because it was a very diverse cast, but she wasn't making it about their diversity. She was making it a. About their character she could have made it about the diversity because the diversity was very very interesting and they each had very interesting like cultural touchstones mm-hmm. that did come up quite frequently like earlier on but like the further on they got the like the less frequently those things came up um so like i i i kind of i went back last night just to see like what other people had to say about it i did like a quick goodreads and i saw that comment a couple of times i had Mm -hmm. problems telling because of the coloring like the there were lots of complaints about the coloring and that just shocked me because i thought the coloring was so interesting but that was kind of like a common complaint i couldn't tell i couldn't tell and it was just like really easy for me because like their body shapes were different and like you know like sue was really tall and she had that really short cropped hair and like you know luna was almost as tall and had long straight hair like everybody had different hairs different like really yeah. drastically different hair styles and hair shapes and hair textures different body shapes i mean, i don't know i just never had that problem.
0: see i think i read it kind of fast the first time i read it as well could be and yeah. also the thing is the reason why i say it's a very nominal like complaint is because if i had a chance to change it i wouldn't because that would take away from the coloring and the yeah. coloring is is one of the best parts of this book it's right how beautiful it looks it's the splashes it's not watercoloring but it's almost like watercolor it's 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 kind of hard to explain definitely i recommend checking it out because
1: Yeah, that that was kind of one of those things. And I saw people complaining about it. I was like, but it's like such an important part of the atmosphere and the style. And I mean, it's obviously the style, but it's also the feeling you get when you read the book. It's the attitude. It's, I mean, I don't, I can't imagine reading this book or having the story told without the colors like the people Mm -hmm. i it was just such a shock to me because the first thing i thought when i was thinking about how i felt about the book was just that the colors were so fantastic i I was really shocked that people didn't like the colors
0: yeah no that's that's the last thing i would imagine someone would would fully complain about and um i i think honestly like it it is like i said like the second time i read it i mean i read it slower and it you know so it was a lot easier um that time um but um so yeah I you know like I really really enjoyed kind of the the, the little look-ins um I loved um Sue Young's and her sister um the, i
1: did too the
0: cool the cool popular sister you know and so young is very awkward and and um and it just it, you know it was you could see the love between them but at the same time just how annoyed like so young was of her sister at all times
1: and her asshole online not boyfriend yes who immediately decided he was her boyfriend just like she was like oh no i kind of like you and all of a sudden he's like babe this babe that i was like yep
0: uh-huh that
1: was the thing I,
0: it totally is and was um that's another thing i had wrote down uh, a, a major uh, i probably not a purpose theme in the you know a, a theme that was made purposely in this book but a theme that definitely is in this book that men and boys kind of suck
1: men and boys kind of <laughs> suck
0: <laughs> they do and like definitely um you know, it is relatable and I I'm I'm glad. I mean I, I I'm I'm a guy and I did do stupid things in, in high school and said stupid things and when I was younger, but I'm glad I'm not like that anymore. And <laughs> I'm glad and I'm glad that there's there's growth for some people, you know, that they're able to get out of that phase because wow Yeah,
1: it was a really I think I I that whole constant hit of oh too bad the WNBA is crap and you couldn't be a man and play actual basketball yeah as opposed to saying it's too bad people don't treat women's basketball with respect you know
0: exactly and and that really pissed me off for multiple reasons one exactly what you just said it's not. It's not up to the women's basketball to to be, you know like men's basketball. it's up to people respecting and liking the for what it is and, right
1: and because two, they're great.
0: And two, as someone who was constantly discouraged as a kid to not pursue, my dreams of like you know starting a band or you know getting into movies and tv like backstage and front stage because it's like oh well that's such a a job where you're not going to make any money and it's going to be really hard it's like oh yeah yeah so so you know the only the only solution in life is to choose a job that just sucks the will out of your out of you just because you're making money you know like absolutely it's like no it's like definitely anyone who's younger that can make these decisions still please follow your dreams you know like find something that you like to enjoy that you that you enjoy and, and try to figure out a way to make money off of it you know i mean that's really the way to do it join I,
1: the I, WNBA.
0: yeah exactly i work in an office and i would join the WNBA any day if they asked me. <laughs> 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 i would probably get i would be very bad but I would still do it.
1: Do they have health
0: care? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If they have health care, please. <laughs> okay. That's like why I'm kind of surprised. I guess because they're making millions of dollars. I'll say that, like, I almost want to, like, play for a Canadian team because then I can get free health care. You know, like, if I was in the sports, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I would, I would opt to play for Toronto or play for Vancouver or something. But yeah. No totally. Um, and also the another thing was is that so that pervert coach um, oh God the <laughs> who's the coach, coach. of that, Oh my God what, what an antagonist I <sighs> mean in multiple ways besides having a relationship with one of the girls that's on the team and obviously that's really being a
1: complete nutter asshole to the team while he does it
0: yeah like taking practice time away from the other team and and then constantly reminding the coach like oh my my kids have a chance of becoming big and and like making a career out of this and you can't you know these these girls you know they're they're just wasting their time and it's like
1: I need you. I need new uniforms for my boys. So we're yeah. gonna cancel your entire program, period, for new uniforms. E-
0: exactly, and then like like because like when the principal comes up and says, "Oh yeah, he was mad," blah, blah blah, and then he comes up later and says, "I talked to the principal about ca- getting you guys canceled because I need new uniforms." It's like what a dick.
1: What an asshole. I, yeah, he was awful.
0: Yeah, I I kind of wanted more repercussions with with him, but unfortunately. People like that don't get what they deserve sometimes. People
1: like that do not get what they deserve. That would have been my biology teacher. Yeah. He wasn't a coach, but he was an absolute pervert in high school. And he said the grossest fucking shit, like mm-hmm. every goddamn class. Just, you know, like, obviously... I prefer teaching girls and just said the weirdest fucking shit constantly. And oh Jesus Christ. I don't yeah. I don't even want to know the things he did and said that yeah. I didn't even hear. Just oh I,
0: I was in drama for four years of high school and the first two years the drama teacher was also the women's basketball coach and he had basically like a harem of young girls that would just like always hang out with him Um, either drama girls or basketball like like girls and like it was weird uh, uh, at all times you know like seeing this and then um, you know there was no word of him leaving the school Um, but then between my sophomore and junior year come back by junior year and we have a new drama teacher Mm. and that that teacher got moved to the school that was about two miles away from us our, our rival school to be the, dr- the drama teacher there because but he, one can assume why he probably had to leave you know
1: yeah
0: um so you know and unfortunately he gets another job <laughs> but
1: <laughs> yeah it's just because you're like you know you're so oh god I've yeah yeah when you're you know, a teenager, a kid, and you're sexually assaulted by anyone. Period, but by an adult of that much power over you, it's shameful, and it's it's exactly that's it was so friggin' well done. You are shamed, and you are socially just so embarrassed by mm-hmm. everything that happened, and you do not want to go tell anyone. You should go tell, what I really, really liked about this book, probably better than anything else, was that her friends came up and told her, this is not your fault Mm -hmm. and he is taking advantage of you. And that was fantastic. I thought that was emblematic of the time it's being written in, that this is a modern comic. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to I don't know the 1950s where they would have been going I I think I've probably read a Marvel like romance comic where it was like oh you're dating your teacher
0: oh how cute (laughs) like how perfectly normal
1: I don't think I've read that but I've definitely like you know there have been oh your teacher's so cute whatever like why don't you date him marry him eventually kind of thing like that you know it's a modern understanding that this is wrong
0: no totally but
1: obviously it still happens and obviously the shame is always for some reason society put on the student and yeah. that is bullshit what did the but student
0: the f- do to to cause this
1: obviously mm-hmm the way that her friends were written was incredibly well done and so in that case it wasn't just relatable and realistic it is good for a younger reader to see something like that
0: exactly
1: important to have that kind of character there so in in my case, as an older reader who's already gone through high school, <laughs> uh, it was traumatic and realistic. And holy crap, this was, you know, like going back through this. Oh. Uh, but for a younger reader, I think there was a lot here that was aspirational. You might be going through shit like this now, but you can get friends, you can have people you know that you don't have to do this by yourself kind of stuff you're not responsible for this terrible shit that happens to you there was a lot here I think that was also very good for younger readers
0: yeah and and the way the friendship is portrayed is great because it's like yeah they might not agree all the time and they might not uh, you know be happy with everything everyone does but at the end of the day they're there for each other it Absolutely. doesn't matter what's going on it doesn't matter whether or not they agree or disagree with lifestyle choices it's like you know like when when the friends find out about the affair you know there 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 is no accusation there's no like what did you, you know like oh you slut or whatever no it's like, mm. like that guy's an ass you know like you don't have to do this you know like you know like we're here for you you right yeah and, and there it, it was just yeah it's and it and, and also teaches younger readers in, to, you know, like to know that like, you know, a true friend is like someone who's not going to judge you or abandon you, you know, like when, you know, when everything hits the floor or they're not going to be like making fun of you to other people, you know, and then pretending to be your friend. You know like when when they're around you you know like a friend of convenience it's these are right. like true like yeah like the you know most of the girls weren't friends until they joined the team with each other but it's like they obviously become like a squad like a you know they're they're there for each other you know both physically and emotionally you know like so exactly i also love the um luna's obsession with slurpees or slushies
1: with with blueberry was it the blueberry ones or blue I, raspberry or whatever yeah
0: and then she wanted to put everyone in a uh, in the same cup like the the old suicide uh drink. Old
1: suicide very traditional yeah. mm-hmm. will never die yeah, totally. i think the only thing i haven't said so far is the water the underwater like full page underwater pages were really well done those were uh, beautiful
0: it was a great way like it really was prominent in the beginning and then and then it's the way it ends
1: end it it's,
0: yeah. it first starts with just luna you know by herself and then it, at the end it's all the girls together you know right. swimming in the ocean you know just having fun being kids
1: being kids yeah no, I, I thought that was a really great way to end it. And you're right, it, it is kind of a bookend. The story begins, begins with Wren, but you know, as a kind of like concept begins, you've got Luna in the ocean and ends with Luna and Wren and the whole team in the ocean swimming. And it's a really good way to bookend the story. And just artistically, the style is beautiful. The lines are beautiful and the colors are quite gorgeous I I really liked it
0: no totally and uh, another thing that what I really enjoyed was the fact that this was not a romance this was it was not it's it's friends friends being friends and it was great book to it's it's great to read a book about friendship Mm -hmm. (laughs) then you know I like romances don't get me wrong but it's nice you know just you know like friends it's cool you know like you know you you don't have to be you know romantically in love with somebody to love someone you know and this was the story about these girls loving each other
1: you don't need a boyfriend to cuddle
0: yep exactly <laughs> that was yeah that was the part that was
1: probably my favorite panel yeah
0: yeah no totally so all right um so do you have any last thoughts that you want to add or
1: nope i think it was great i thank you very much for making me read it because i really enjoyed it
0: a uh, little how this was just made i had so much trouble figuring out what book to pick this week i kept on choosing things and then think, like, oh no that's too that's too emotional or that's too long and it's like so it's kind of just like i'll finally like I'm, I'm like we're doing this book brian shut up don't think about it anymore we're doing them after the sun you know like okay so i'm glad um in the future we're gonna probably do another basketball book um dragon hoops but it won't be anytime soon because i don't want to hear for it i don't want to become the basketball comic book podcast at the same time
1: we but, can do karaoke, new basket and that'll be fine too yeah. and yeah we I'll can do... we can do we can do basketball every couple of months
0: exactly and the avant-garde is another one that i i enjoyed so there we go similar to this one as well um, we'll
1: have we'll have regular basketball comics
0: yes the ba- basketball hour <laughs> all right okay so um with that we're going to go to the last section of our episode about books that we're looking forward to reading in the near future darcy you want to go first or do you want to go second
1: i will go first again okay, i've become very comfortable in it i suppose <laughs> uh i am looking forward to even though we're adults volume one by takako shimura uh it's from seven seas or it's being translated Figure I should keep with foreigners since I uh, talked about translations. Um, It is uh, manga, romance. (laughs) Um, It's uh, Jose, I think, probably, based on content. Uh, A 30-year-old elementary school teacher finishes school one day, goes out, goes to a bar outside of her neighborhood because she's a teacher and wants to get away from her students. And I totally know how that feels because I've been there, done that. Um, And she meets this woman at the bar and they drink a little bit and they go out and they kiss and they go home together. And then a couple of days later, uh, the woman who works at the bar uh, sees her come back to the bar. But this time she comes in with her husband. Oh, shit. Uh (laughs) So... Apparently, love is complicated when you're an adult, and I was like, huh, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not?" Um, I'm in a, I don't know, daytime soap opera mood. The art looks really good. It looks really kind of cute and interesting, and I, I like fashionable. Um, I don't know, just looks interesting. Oh,
0: so, totally. it, yeah, I was just thinking. Of the it,
1: it sounds highly dramatic and. I don't know why I'm into it. Just looked at it and looked at like the first couple of pages. I'm like, all right, sure. I don't know.
0: (laughs) It sounds pretty, it's not
1: really very much like me. It doesn't really fit my usual style of reading, but hey, why not? I like the art.
0: Yeah, sometimes, you know, a little little trashiness is good, you know? (laughs) Like, a little sometimes
1: i'm hoping it's not going to be too trashy i'm figuring maybe her husband's an asshole because i think you're not supposed to hate a young teacher who is having an affair with a girl at a bar that's true somehow somehow you're supposed to want them to get together i'm sure so there's got to be something with the husband they're not actually in love or maybe they're going to be a throuple what do i know so something's gonna work out there you have to but it's supposed to be even though we're adults love is still complicated so maybe they do it's going to be complicated somehow it's complicated love as adults I don't know I'm interested it's a it's an interesting title I think that's really what caught me
0: I think so that sounds that definitely even, even
1: though we're adults love is complex so I was like yeah that's true that's an accurate statement love's complicated when you're an adult
0: yeah it really never gets uncomplicated <laughs>
1: that's accurate cool. all right
0: um so I have the return of a book that I, I believe it went on hiatus when when all the comics went on hiatus as, as mentioned earlier um and it's just coming back now um i'm not sure why there was such a, a long gap um but i think it's one of the first times that resonant has come out in the last year or you know last calendar year and um issue number seven is uh coming out next week uh published by vault comics it's by uh, david andre and skylar partridge or patridge sorry i Move that are Add had an R there um but uh so resonant is a, a horror story um it is the story of a father and his three children um, that are trying to survive in a post-apocalyptic world where a wave of energy travels across the earth that causes people to temporarily lose their minds and become extremely violent um they don't know when this wave is going to hit and essentially there's like chains and there's there's like things that people have done to restrain themselves so that they don't murder anyone or hurt themselves uh, when this wave hits um, it's like a madness wave essentially um at the end of the last issue uh, the dead was trapped on an island by a megalomaniac madman and the children were left to defend themselves in in the middle of a forest in a cabin um, without really any way to get food or or anything like even though one the the oldest kid is... 15, 16 years old. So, you know, they're able to, 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 you know, fend for their siblings. But at the same time, you know, they're still by themselves and, you know, only 15 or 16 year old being by themselves in a post apocalyptic world is never good. Um, and so, but it sounds like in this issue, they're going to be reunited finally and uh, excited to see what happens uh, because it's, it seems like this madman is going to follow. Um, the dad to the mainland to enact vengeance of him escaping this island so it sounds pretty good it's crazy it's fun
1: it's a little bit crazy but it definitely does sound fun
0: yeah it it's 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 kind of like a new take on like the zombie story because almost every so essentially everybody is a zombie. at some time rage virusy kind of thing yeah exactly and it's just you know it's it's um so it's not like you can isolate yourself and be safe it's like you isolate yourself but at the same time you can't be safe because you know you don't know what you're going to do to yourself if you if if you you know during this this uh this wave right yeah okay oh um so i think that's it so uh that's the end of our show i'll go ahead and bring this to close here uh you can uh, contact the show at uh, better at gmail.com or on instagram and twitter at cdb or c wow well, cdb pod is our instagram and twitter handle uh check our website out at comics deservebetter.wordpress.com for all of our episodes and socials as well as a form on our contact page to request us a request a subject for a future show i can't get that out today also please give us a review preferably five stars uh, but it's up to you on the platform where you're listening to us right now uh darcy uh, where can we find you on the internets
1: i am at books underscore serial on twitter and booksandserial.wordpress.com For my website Which will probably have nothing on it For the next two weeks Because I am taking, taking on Extra work at work mm. uh, Which kind of sucks So I'm going to be boring for a while
0: Well Sometimes you have to be boring, right?
1: <laughs> sometimes you got to be boring To make a little bit of money to pay the bills
0: To do, to do exciting things
1: <laughs> to, do, to do exciting things Like uh- like buy things i don't know
0: <laughs> it's like the the, the time money ratio it's like right right when you have the time <laughs> to do something you have no money but when you have no money or when you have the money you have no time
1: right so, exactly <laughs> it's
0: just the way it is <laughs> all right uh, well i had nothing else but um on instagram i can be reached at uh underscore cb twitter brygen 2814 So, for Darcy, I'm Brian, and this has been Comics Deserve Better Podcast. And remember, as always, comics deserve better, and everyone deserves comics. So, good night. Night. Bye-bye.